punished. <laughs> My family knows that. That's good punishment. Well, I want to thank Pastor Robert for this opportunity to speak to you again today. Uh, it really is a privilege for me to stand here before you, and I don't take that lightly. And today I'm talking about the subject of forgiveness. And there's a couple quotes that I found on forgiveness that I thought were good. I'll share with you. One of them, and this is so true, I've found it to be true many times in my life. Sometimes the first step to forgiveness is just realizing that the other person is a complete idiot. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> I saw this on Facebook just yesterday. It said, repost this if there is someone alive today just because you don't want to go to prison. <laughs> uh, there's several people that I can think of. Um, forgiveness is a funny thing. It warms the heart and cools the sting. And that is true. And I found out yesterday on the radio that today is National Coffee Day. Do y'all know that? <laughs> so who... <laughs> Jeff, you must really love coffee. Who, who, is, who in here drinks coffee? Raise your hand. Okay, all, most of you. Well, I don't drink coffee. I tried it once when I was 16, and I hated it, and I've never tried it again. But I think that God uses the coffee method of forgiveness. Have you ever heard that? This is the coffee method, so maybe you can remember this. Christ offers forgiveness for everyone, everywhere coffee. So this morning, I'm going to share with you guys the enti an entire book in the New Testament, and it's the book of Philemon. It's right in between Titus and Hebrews. You may have, have read it. You may not have read it. It's kind of an overlooked book sometimes, but it's actually a letter from Paul to Philemon, and it has some wonderful life lessons for us that are really so relevant for today. And this short little letter shows the wonder and the grace of the Lord Jesus to us through a simple story of a runaway slave named Onesimus. And I hope today that you can see something of your own life in this story, including the great position that we find ourselves in as part of the beloved family of God. It's a story of forgiveness and redemption. Let's pray. Father, I thank you today for your word, and I thank you that you speak to us individually and personally through your word, that your word is alive and active. So I just ask for each one of us that your word would come alive and activate us today. In Jesus' name, amen. So I'm going to read the whole book of Philemon to you, but don't panic. It's only one page. <laughs> it's only one chapter, one page. And I'm a fast reader. See, it's just one page. You don't have to cancel your lunch plans. But I want you to think of it as I read this as if you were Philemon. Put yourself in his place. He had a servant or a slave who stole something from him. We don't know what. But he stole and then he ran away. Now, he hasn't heard from him. He doesn't know where he ended up. And out of the blue one day, he shows back up with a letter from Paul. Paul is your mentor. He's the one that led you to salvation through Jesus Christ. You, he is in spiritual authority over you. He loves you. And he 
is writing you this personal letter. He says, Paul, I, Paul, a prisoner of Christ Jesus. And I love that he identifies himself not as a prisoner of Rome, but as a prisoner of Christ Jesus. He knew that he was in prison because God was allowing him to be there for a purpose, for his good and God's glory. So he didn't consider himself a prisoner of Rome, but a prisoner of Christ Jesus, who was his master. It says, to Philemon, our dear friend and fellow worker, and to your to, to your wife and your son, whose names I can't pronounce, and our fellow soldier, um, and the church that meets in your home. So he had a, a church going on in his home. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I always thank my God as I remember you in my prayers because I hear about your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints. I pray that you may be active in sharing your faith so that you will have a full understanding of every good thing that we have in Christ. Your love has given me great joy and encouragement because you, brother, have refreshed the hearts of the saints. He must be really encouraged right now. Therefore, although in Christ I could be bold and order you to do what you ought to, remember he was in spiritual authority over him, but yet I appeal to you on the basis of love. I then, as Paul, an old man, he pulled the old man card, and now also a prisoner of Christ Jesus, I appeal to you for my son, Onesimus, who became my son while I was in chains. Formerly he was useless to you, but now he has become useful both to you and to me. I'm sending him who is my very heart, back to you. If you, I would have liked to have kept him here with me so that he could take your place in helping me while I am in chains for the gospel, but I didn't want to do anything without your consent so that any favor you do will be spontaneous and not forced. Perhaps the reason he was separated from you for a little while was so that you might have him back for good, no longer as a slave, but better than a slave, as a dear brother. He is very dear to me, but even dearer to you, both as a man and as a brother in the Lord. So if you consider me a partner, welcome him as you would welcome me. If he has done you any wrong or owes you anything, charge it to me. I, Paul, am writing this with my own hand. I will pay it back. Not to mention that you owe me your very self. I do wish, brother, that I may have some benefit from you in the Lord. So refresh my heart in Christ. And confident in your obedience, I write to you knowing that you will do even more than I ask. And one thing more, prepare a guest room for me because I hope to be restored to you in answer to your prayer. So, how would you feel after you received a letter like that? Onesimus had stolen from his master and took off to Rome. It was a distant place and it was a busy place, a place where you could kind of just get lost in the crowd. Anybody ever wanted to just get lost in the crowd, especially when you mess up? 
somehow, and we don't know how, through the divine providence of God, he met Paul, and Paul told him the good news about Jesus, and Onesimus became a Christ follower. And I love how the good news of Jesus appeals to all kinds of people. The same message that touches the man who's slinging an axe or farming out in the country is the same message that will touch the lady of high society in California. The same message that touches that person in a remote village in the Amazon is the same person, the same message that will touch the top Amazon executive. And here we have a slave who has stolen, betrayed, and run from his master and has been turned around by the power of the gospel message. It completely transformed his life and he received the forgiveness of God. Now, Paul was under house arrest at the time, and that might not sound so bad, house arrest, but it wasn't easy. They were usually kept in the third story of a home and chained to a Roman guard 24-7. Prisoners were responsible for their own upkeep, even for providing their own meals, and it is still that way in many countries today. The Challenge Farm in Kenya that we are connected with here at Coast rescues street children. Now, many of the children, our missionary, Sherry, meets when she goes out into the slums and into the streets, and she's able to bring them to the Challenge Farm and take care of them fully and full-time. But a couple of times a year, the police go out and round up all of the children who are begging on the streets, and they take them to the local jail. Sometimes these are children as young as two and three years old. And those children have no one to bring them food or supplies. The jail doesn't provide anything for them, not even a mattress to lay on. And sometimes Sherry's able to go and get those children and take them to the farm, but sometimes she's only able to go and take them supplies, and she'll take them food and clothing and mattresses and the things that they need until they can be placed somewhere permanently. Onesimus may have been like a runner to Paul, keeping him supplied in the things that he needed in order to survive. The two of them became as close as a father and a son, according to Paul. So this book is Paul's letter to Philemon, who owned Onesimus and had been wronged by him, explaining the situation and requesting that Onesimus not be treated as a thieving runaway slave, as was the standard of the law. In fact, by law, Philemon could have killed him for what he had done. But Paul is asking that Philemon not only forgive him, but accept him now as a brother in Christ. His letter is really a masterpiece in persuasion. If you ever need to write a persuasive letter, just read the book of Philemon. Paul's asking a lot of Philemon. It's a pretty big ask to change his status from slave to brother because Paul knew that forgiveness brings freedom both to the one forgiven and to the one who forgives. So this short letter has tremendous value for us today because in a certain sense it's the story of all of us, of all of our lives because all of humanity are slaves to sin until they find forgiveness and redemption through the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus said in John 8:34, I tell you the truth that everyone who sins is a slave to sin. 
Paul wrote in Galatians 3.22, the scripture declares that the whole world is a prisoner of sin. Those who have not been saved and set free by the power of the Lord Jesus are still in slavery to sin. And they also become slaves to all sorts of fears and habits and attitudes and behaviors. And like Onesimus, many people today are still running from their master, Jesus Christ, having stolen from him the glory and praise and honor and sacrifice and obedience due his name. So this is the story of all of us at some stage in our lives, but it certainly does not have to be our end game. Paul said, For perhaps he was for this reason separated from you for a while that you would have him back forever. In other words, Paul was saying that while I know things look bad on the outside, Onesimus did wrong you. There's no question about that. But he's returning to you as a member of your eternal family now. He's saying, you know, I know that your heart, Philemon, is to reach people with the gospel message. You've devoted your whole life to it. You have a church that's meeting in your home. And I'm sure that you've prayed over all of the people in your household. And Onesimus would have been one of those that you've prayed for. And now he has accepted Jesus and been changed by him. You should be excited, Philemon. God has a way of turning things around, seemingly impossible things. But sometimes things get worse before they get better. And they say that it's the darkest just before the dawn, and saving grace very often works in that same way. Are you praying for someone's salvation, forgiveness, or restoration at the moment? If things seem to be getting worse or your loved one seems to be running like Onesimus, don't let fear or unbelief slip in. God's ways are not our ways. His timing is not our timing. His timing and his ways are perfect, and your prayers are not falling on deaf ears. The Bible assures us that God hears us when we pray. So you keep on praying and you keep on believing and trust that even though you don't see the answer yet or even though things seem to be going from bad to worse, that God is on the scene. He is working and putting things into place for that loved one's life to be forgiven and redeemed so that not only will they be restored to your family, which is may be your hope and prayer, but even more importantly, they'll be restored to the family of God for all eternity. When Paul said that perhaps God has allowed this separation so that you would have him back forever, Paul wasn't just speaking of this life. He was making the point that Onesimus had left a slave, but he had returned a son. And Jesus said in John 8, 35 and 36, and Pastor Robert quoted part of this last week, a slave has no permanent place in the family, but a son belongs to it forever. So if the son sets you free, you are free indeed. Isn't that great news? A son belongs to the family forever. And that is the wonderful position that believers find themselves in today. No longer a slave to sin or just a servant of God, but a member of the very household of God. Paul emphasized to Philemon that Onesimus would return no longer as a slave, but more than a slave, he said, a beloved brother. And it's the same for us. 
Paul said in Galatians 4, 4 through 7, When the time had fully come, God sent his Son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those under law, that we might receive the full rights of sons. Because you are sons, God sent the Spirit of his Son into our hearts, the Spirit who calls out, Abba, Father, the Holy Spirit drawing our heart to God. So you are no longer a slave, but a son. And since you are a son or daughter, God has made you also an heir. Think of all that means. Everything that God possesses belongs to us because we belong to him. The Bible says we are joint heirs with Jesus Christ. So what are the, some, some of the things that God possesses? Peace, power, wisdom, strength, joy, patience, love, forgiveness. The list is endless. When we accept Jesus as our Savior, we receive an internal, eternal inheritance. But we also receive access to everything that we need right here, right now. Paul wrote in verse 11 that he was sending Onesimus back to his master, who formerly, he says, was useless to you, but now is useful to you and to me. The name Onesimus means useful or profitable, and that is what he became once he was restored back to his master. And the same is true for you and me. It is not until we come into a relationship of dependence upon God that we become useful for kingdom purposes. And what a privilege it is to be used by Almighty God for His plans and His purposes. So look also at the acceptance that Onesimus was to receive. Paul wrote in verse 17 that if you then regard me a partner, accept him as you would me. Now, I'm sure if Paul showed up at Philemon's place, he would have received a wonderful welcome with every one of his needs looked after. But at Paul's request, Onesimus, the one-time thieving runaway slave, was to be accepted by Philemon as much as Paul would be himself. When I met Jeff, we had been dating a couple of months when he decided it was safe to take me home to meet his parents. Well, his mother came to the door, and he introduced me, and immediately she invited me in. She had been eating ice cream at the time, so she offered me a bowl of ice cream. I was too nervous to eat it. <laughs> then his dad came in and ushered us into the living room where he directed me to sit in what was obviously his favorite chair. And after some conversation, his mother pulled out a photo album and began telling me about all the different family members and showing me pictures of Jeff growing up. They told me to make myself at home. I was accepted in their family. And after we got married, all the rights that he had as a son became mine as a daughter. Everything they would do for him, they would do for me. Now, I wonder what would have happened if I had just shown up on their doorstep one day and knocked on their door without Jeff, without having known him, just out of the clear blue. Now, I don't know if they would have just turned me away, but I wouldn't have received the reception and the privileges that I got that day. So what was the difference? The difference was the relationship that I had with their son, whom they loved. I was accepted 
and loved because he was accepted and loved and because he loved me. I'm sure you understand that parallel, but let me spell it out for you anyway. The Bible says that we are accepted in the beloved. That's Ephesians 1.6. And what that means is this. When you become a Christian and you put your trust in Christ, you are forgiven and accepted as a son or daughter. And all that God would do for his beloved son, Jesus Christ, he would do for you when you put your trust in him. Even though we are little better than thieving, runaway slaves, we are forgiven and accepted in the beloved family of God. And Paul's asking Philemon to accept Onesimus in the same way that he would accept him in the beloved family of God. Now, Paul knew that even if Philemon did accept him, that there was still a debt that Onesimus owed Philemon, and justice demands that the debt be paid. And it is because of that that Paul wrote, if he has wronged you in any way or owes you anything, charge that to my account. What fantastic words for Onesimus, who probably had no way of paying back his master what he had stolen. And what fantastic words for us, because we too had no way of paying the debt that we owed God. But God is a God of justice, and justice demands that that debt be paid. And for this reason, we read in Romans 3, 25 and 26, God presented him, Jesus, as a sacrifice of atonement through faith in his blood. He did it to demonstrate his justice at the present time, so as to be just and the one who justifies those who have faith in Jesus. God is just, and when a debt or wrong occurs, someone has to pay for it. So he sent Jesus to pay the debt of sin that we owed and could not pay ourselves. And Paul is saying to Philemon, I know Onesimus sinned against you, and he owes you a lot, but I'm asking you to put it on my tab. He's doing this for the sake of both Philemon and Onesimus because Paul knows that forgiveness brings freedom. When my daughter was 22 years old, she loaded up a U-Haul and drove to California with her cat Pebbles to pursue a dream on her bucket list of being a window washer in L.A. and dangling from tall buildings. That was on her bucket list. I blame that on her dad. Uh, he also likes to dangle. And while I love adventure, and I really do, I like to keep my feet close to the ground most of the time. She had lived in Gulf Breeze all of her life. California was a huge change for her. And she quickly found out that the cost of living was much higher there. And what would have been plenty of money here didn't go near as far there. So about once a month, she would call me in tears and tell me that she was short of money for her bills. So we would send her money. And this went on pretty consistently to the point where we would just kind of joke about it, and she would say, just put it on my tab, Mom. Well, whenever she found herself with extra money, she would send it to me, and I would take it off of her tab. She was in California for several years, and then she moved to Idaho where she was able to get on her feet, and she really needed our help financially. But while she was in California, she had racked up a, a pretty large tab. 
Now, I never asked her about it, and she would faithfully send me what she could when she could. But about three years ago, she came home for her 32nd birthday, and I had realized that uh, she had paid a little over half of her debt back, but she still had a ways to go. So she was opening the gifts that we got her, and I told her to save the card for last. But she opened it and read it. She looked up at her dad and I with tears in her eyes and said, thank you. I didn't expect it or deserve it, but this is the best gift ever. And it thrilled our hearts to be able to say, your debt is forgiven. Your tab is paid in full. Paul said to Philemon, whatever he owes you, whatever Onesimus owes you, charge that to my account. Put that on my tab. And the Lord Jesus, on our behalf, said, whatever debt of sin that is owed by you to the Father, charge that to my account. Your debt of sin was not overlooked, but was completely paid for by the once and all sacrifice of our Savior, Jesus Christ. And when God looks at your account, all he sees is your debt is forgiven and your tab is paid in full. All of it. Pastor Robert gave us the, dif the dictionary definition of all last week, but I'll add my friend Jennifer's definition to that as well. All means all, and that's all all means. All. So Onesimus was a very fortunate man. At one time, a runaway, thieving slave, but now an accepted brother restored to his master, Jesus Christ. And having the debt that he owed his master paid in full. This is a great reminder of the wonderful grace that has been shown to each of us. Because when you put your faith in Christ Jesus, you go from being little more than a runaway slave, shackled to sin, to being a joint heir, son or daughter, in the family of God. Forgiven, set free, and accepted in the beloved. Now, the best example that I have seen of this kind of forgiveness and acceptance in our world today happened right here in Gulf Breeze. In 2002, Eric Smallridge was driving drunk when he lost control of his car and struck another vehicle, instantly killing 20-year-olds Megan Napier and Lisa Dixon. You may remember this if you lived here then. Convicted of DUI manslaughter, Smallridge was sentenced to 22 years, 11 years on each count, in jail. You may have seen this billboard that was up for several years. When Renee Napier, Megan's mother, heard the news of her daughter's accident, she said the grief was incomprehensible. She said the wailing and the crying that comes from the depths of your soul, the pain, is so horrible. Renee then made it her life's mission to prevent more unnecessary deaths like Megan's. So dedicated to her daughter and her daughter's friend Lisa, Renee Napier created a foundation for DUI awareness. And for many years, she would organize events, actually she's still doing this, around Florida, speaking about the dangers of driving under the influence, moving thousands of people with her story. But 
As she told ABC News, who did a special report on this, she kept feeling like something was missing. And she said, I knew from the beginning that if I could have Eric with me, that would be very powerful. So Renee lobbied to have Eric join her in her presentations. Permission was granted, and in 2010, the two formed the unlikeliest of partnerships as they rallied around a common cause. Eric Smallridge, wearing a prison jumpsuit and shackles, told a group of high school students, I never thought I'd be wearing this jumpsuit. I thought I was 10 feet tall and bulletproof. Make it a point not to be me. Don't reduce your life to shackles and chains. During the presentation, Renee shares her story appealing to students to promise never to drink and drive. And though she has said she cannot forget what happened, she said she has forgiven Eric for killing her child. Renee said, I could be angry, hateful, and bitter, but I didn't want to live my life that way, a prisoner of unforgiveness. There was no way I could move on and live a happy life without forgiving Eric. Renee has said that she has grown to love Eric and his family and now considers him to be like a son to her. He has become part of her beloved family. Eric Smallridge was initially not expected to be released from prison until 2022, but the Napiers and the Dixons, both families, lobbied to cut his prison sentence in half, and he was released in November of 2012. And I want you to hear the Pensacola News Journal report of what happened in the courtroom the day that they lobbied to have his sentence reduced. This is an actual report from the News Journal. What happened in the courtroom is something I wish everyone could experience. I saw a deputy wiping tears from her eyes, and even the judge struggled when he spoke of the message he hopes will come from Eric's sentence and this tragedy. I believe everyone there was touched, and I believe the Holy Spirit was there making it happen. Obedience to God is hard when it comes to forgiveness, but if you can trust him and do, the result is powerful and love prevails. That was the report. Though they admit that their relationship may confuse many, both agree that forgiveness and sharing this life-changing cause has helped heal and brought about freedom for all of them. Eric told ABC News, whenever I see Renee Napier, I just see an angel. And Renee says, we live in a world with a lot of pain and heartache, and I want to promote love and forgiveness and help break the cycle of hatred and unforgiveness. The families of Megan, Lisa, and Eric found the truth that forgiveness brings freedom. And Eric says that because of Renee's forgiveness of him, it led him to receive eternal forgiveness and salvation through Jesus Christ. It truly set a prisoner free. Matthew West, a popular Christian artist, heard the story of Renee Napier and Eric Smallridge, and he was so moved by their story that he wrote a song entitled Forgiveness. 
here's some of the words to that song. Even when a jury and a judge say you've got a right to hold a grudge, it's the whisper in your ear saying, set it free. It'll clear the bitterness away. It can even set a prisoner free. There is no end to what its power can do. So let it go and be amazed by what you see through eyes of grace. The prisoner that it really frees is you. Many of you have probably heard it over the years, but you may not have known the backstory to that song. So let's take a moment and listen to Matthew West talk about this story and this song. Because of their beautiful story of forgiveness and Matthew West's song, countless lives have been changed and impacted by this powerful message. And mine was one of those lives. I followed this story closely, and it affected me greatly. Because in 1992, my mother was killed by a drunk driver. And after hearing this story, 
I realized that I had never really forgiven the person who had stolen something so precious and valuable from, from me. And I knew that I needed to do that. And so I did. And I, I forgave her from the bottom of my heart. And I found out the truth for myself that day. That forgiveness really does bring freedom. Now that doesn't mean that it takes away the pain from those who have been wronged. I still feel that pain. And it also doesn't mean that it takes away the consequences from those who have wronged you or from us when we mess up. Forgiveness doesn't excuse the crime. It means that you're no longer willing to be the victim. You are responsible for your own decisions and forgiveness is a decision that you make that sets you free to pursue the life that God created you for. The Bible doesn't tell us how this story ends. We hope that Philemon did as Paul asked. Tradition says that he did, but whatever the outcome of the story of Onesimus, it relates to us so well today. Because we are all like the Onesimus of old. We have taken from our master what is due his name. We have at some point been slaves to sin, and many of us have also run from our master. But he stands always ready and waiting for us to come home and receive the grace and forgiveness that he has freely given us through the sacrifice of Jesus. It's hard to give what you don't have, though. So the first step is to accept the forgiveness that God has offered you so that you can then extend forgiveness to others. To echo Matthew West, you can be a prisoner set free, and it can happen today. And all you have to say is yes to God and admit that you need his forgiveness in your life. Or if you've already done that, then maybe you're at a place where you need to let go of unforgiveness and forgive someone else. So will you choose today to ask God to help you both accept and extend forgiveness wherever and whenever it's needed, knowing that forgiveness really does bring freedom? Let's pray. If everybody just close your eyes and give privacy to the people around you. You know, maybe you've been listening to this story and you can identify with Onesimus because you've been running from your master, Jesus, having not fully surrendered your life to him. Or maybe you have and you realize you're no longer living a life of surrender. You've kind of gone your own way again and having run away from what you know is his will for your life. And if you're in either one of those places right now, either you've never surrendered your life to Christ or you have and you've kind of taken it back, then I want to ask you to just raise your hand so that I can pray for you. 
No one's looking around. You have complete privacy. But if you're in either one of those places, either you need to surrender or you need to surrender again, if you just raise your hand right now so I can pray for you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Just pray this prayer along with me in your heart. God will hear the cry of your heart. Father, I come to you right now in the name of Jesus. I can't do this on my own. So today I dedicate my life to you. And I accept Jesus Christ as my personal Lord and Savior. I thank you for forgiving all of my sins, and I receive that forgiveness right now with a grateful heart. I'm walking away from my old life and into a new life with Christ Jesus as my Lord. Jesus, I live for you from this moment on. My identity is no longer in me or in the ways of the world, but in you. Holy Spirit, I ask you to feel, fill me, to guide me, to reveal to me the truths that I need to live the abundant life that you came to give. I am yours, Lord, and I receive everlasting life. And from this moment forward, I know my life will never be the same. Hopefully, just keeping your eyes closed and your heads bowed. I hope that at this moment, everyone in this room has received the forgiveness of God, and you're ready now to extend that forgiveness to someone else. Maybe you can identify most with Philemon because you too have had someone wrong you in some way, and you've just had a hard time letting go and forgiving them. And if that's you today and you know that God is speaking to your heart, that there's someone you need to forgive, again, with no one looking around, just raise your hand so I can see who to pray for. If you need to extend forgiveness to someone right now, thank you, thank you, thank you. If you would just pray this prayer along with me. Father, I thank you so much for... Thank you so much for each of those who desire to be set free from unforgiveness. Your word says that freely we have received, so freely we give. So right now, in faith and obedience to your word, we chop off that bitter root of unforgiveness, and we let go of it once and for all. We declare that any remnant of unforgiveness still left in our lives is demolished by the power of your name. And we thank you that we no longer will be imprisoned by what the enemy meant for evil. And we trust you to turn it around for good in our lives. We release that person or that event into your hands. And we ask you to help us to walk fully in the freedom that forgiveness brings. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen. And he who the sun sets free is free indeed. Several things coming up that you'll want to be a part of. And 
One is our growth track that start that uh, I think week one, step one, yes, is next week following the morning service. If you want to just know more about Coast and how you can be involved and who we are as a church and who God created you to be, then we encourage you to come to step one that starts next week. Also, the A21 Walk for Freedom that's uh, bringing awareness to the victims of human trafficking is coming up on October 19th and there's a sign up in the lobby if you would like to participate in that and we hope that you all will participate in that it's just a short it's not a really long walk I don't know how long it is but l less than an hour okay okay <laughs> like that's okay um well, next week, Pastor Robert will start a brand new series called When Jesus Dropped the Mic. It's a study through the Beatitudes, and I know it's going to be amazing. Next week, he'll be talking about who do you depend on. So I think this is going to be a great series, and you don't want to miss it. So plan to come and to bring somebody with you for that. Well, I want to, I get to pray the prayer, don't I? Ooh, I love praying the prayer blessing over y'all. So, let's pray. Father, we agree with your word that says of every one of us today that we are the head and not the tail, and that we are blessed coming in and blessed going out. Lord, we thank you that we're, your word declares that we are forgiven and set free by the power of your blood. We thank you, Father, and we agree with your word that says that we can have the mind of Christ, that we can know the will of God, that we can have a peace that passes all understanding and joy that is unspeakable, the kind of joy that will be our strength to run and not be weary, to walk and not faint. We agree with your word that says of us that no weapon formed against us will prosper and that every snare laid out before us by the power of the enemy is broken by the power of the blood of Jesus and by faith we have already escaped. We thank you for your word that declares that we don't have to have a victim's mentality or mindset no matter what has happened in our lives because your word declares that greater is he who is in us than he who is in the world and that we can do all things through Christ who gives us strength. We agree with your word that says of us that he who began a good work in us would complete it until the day of Christ Jesus. And we agree with your word that says who the Son sets free is free indeed. We walk out of here in your freedom and rejoicing in what you've done for us. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay. Okay.